0: Chapter twenty one of The Innocents Abroad by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. We voyaged by steamer down the Lago di Lecco, through wild mountain scenery, and by hamlets and villas, and disembarked at the town of Lecco. They said it was two hours by carriage to the ancient city of Bergamo and that we would arrive there in good season for the railway train. We got an open barouche and a wild, boisterous driver and set out. It was delightful. We had a fast team and a perfectly smooth road. There were towering cliffs on our left and the pretty Lago de Leco on our right and every now and then it rained on us. Just before starting, the driver picked up in the street a stump of a cigar an inch long and put it in his mouth. And when he had carried it thus about an hour, I thought it would be only Christian charity to give him a light. I handed him my cigar, which I had just lit, and he put it in his mouth and returned his stump to his pocket i never saw a more sociable man at least i never saw a man who was more sociable on short acquaintance we saw interior italy now and the houses were of solid stone and not often in good repair the peasants and their children were idle as a general thing and the, the donkeys and chickens made themselves at home in drawing room and bedchamber and were not molested the drivers of each and every one of the slow-moving market carts we met were stretched in the sun upon their merchandise, sound asleep. Every three or four hundred yards, it seemed to me, we came upon the shrine of some saint or other, a rude picture of him built into a huge cross or a stone pillar by the roadside. Some of the pictures of the Savior were curiosities in their way. They represented him stretched upon the cross his countenance distorted with agony from the wounds of the crown of thorns from the pierced side from the mutilated hands and feet from the scourged body from every hand-breadth of this person streams of blood were flowing such a gory ghastly spectacle would frighten the children out of their senses i should think there were some unique auxiliaries to the painting which added to the spirited effect these were genuine wooden and iron implements and were prominently disposed about the figure a bundle of nails a hammer to drive them the sponge the reed that supported it the cup of vinegar the ladder for the ascent of the cross the spear that pierced the savior's side the crown of thorns was made of real thorns and was nailed to the sacred head in some italian church paintings even by the old masters the savior and the virgin wear silver or gilded crowns that are fastened to the picture head with nails the effect is as grotesque as it is incongruous here and there on the fronts of roadside inns we found huge coarse frescoes of suffering martyrs like those in the shrines it could not have diminished their sufferings any to be so uncouthly represented we were in the heart and home of priestly craft of a happy cheerful contented ignorance superstition degradation poverty indolence and everlasting unaspiring worthlessness and we said fervently it suits these people precisely let them enjoy it along with the other animals and heaven forbid that they be molested we feel no malice towards these fumigators we passed through the strangest funniest undreamt of old towns wedded to the customs and steeped in the dreams of the elder ages and perfectly unaware that the world turns round and perfectly indifferent to as to whether it turns round or stands still they have nothing to do but eat and sleep and sleep and eat and toil a little when they can get a friend to stand by to keep them awake they're not paid for thinking they're not paid to fret about the world's concerns they're not respectable people they're not worthy people they are not learned and wise and brilliant people but in their breasts all their stupid lives long resteth a peace that hath us understanding how can men calling themselves men consent to be so degraded and happy we whisked by many a gray old medieval castle clad thick with ivy that swung its green banners down from towers and turrets where once some old crusaders flag had floated the driver pointed to one of these ancient fortresses and said and i translate you see that great iron hook that projects from the wall just under the highest window in the ruined tower we said we could not see at such a distance but had no doubt it was there well he said there's a legend connected with that iron hook Nearly seven hundred years ago that castle was the property of the noble Count Luigi Gennaro Guido Alfonso de Genova. What was his other name? said Dan. He had no other name. The name I have spoken was all the name he had. He was the son of poor, honest parents. It's all right. Never mind the particulars. Go on with the legend. It's the legend well then all the world at that time was in a wild excitement about the holy sepulchre all the great feudal lords in europe were pledging their lands and pawning their plate to fit out men-at-arms so that they might join the grand armies of christendom and win renown in the holy wars the count luigi raised money like the rest and one mild september morning Armed with battle-axe, portcullis, and thundering culverin, he rode through the greaves and bucklers of his dungeon-keep with as gallant a troop of Christian bandits as ever stepped in Italy. He had his sword, Excalibur, with him. His beautiful countess and her young daughter waved him a tearful adieu from the battering rams and buttresses of the fortress, and he galloped away with a happy heart he made a raid on a neighboring baron and completed his outfit with a booty secured he then raised the castle to the ground massacred the family and moved on they were hardy fellows in the grand old days of chivalry alas those days will never come again count luigi grew in high fame in holy land he plunged into the carnage of a hundred battles but his good excalibur always brought him out alive, albeit often sorely wounded. His face became browned by exposure to the Syrian sun in long marches. He suffered hunger and thirst. He pined in prison. He languished in loathsome plague hospitals, and many and many a time he thought of his loved ones at home and wondered if all was well with them, but his heart said, Peace is not thy brother watching over thy household. Forty-two years waxed and waned, the good fight was won, Godfrey reigned in Jerusalem. The Christian hosts reared the banner of the cross above the holy sepulchre. Twilight was approaching, fifty harlequins and flowing robes approached this castle wearily. FOR THEY WERE ON FOOT, AND THE DUST ON THEIR GARMENTS BETOKENED THAT THEY HAD TRAVELED FAR. THEY OVERTOOK A PEASANT, AND ASKED HIM IF IT WERE LIKELY THEY COULD GET FOOD IN A HOSPITABLE BED THERE, for LOVE OF CHRISTIAN CHARITY, AND IF PERCHANCE A MORAL PARLOR ENTERTAINMENT MIGHT MEET WITH GENEROUS COUNTENANCE. FOR, SAID THEY, THIS EXHIBITION HATH NO FEATURE THAT COULD OFFEND THE FASTIDIOUS TASTE. Mary quoth the peasant, and it please your worships, ye had better journey many a good rood hence with your juggling circus than trust your bones in yonder castle. How now, sirrah, exclaimed the chief monk, explain thy ribald speech, or, by lady, it shall go hard with thee. Peace, good Montebank, I did but utter the truth that was in my heart. San Paolo be my witness that did ye but find the stout Count Leonardo in his cups sheer from the castle's topmost battlements, and would he hurl ye all day! the good Lord Luigi reigns not here in these sad times, the good Lord Luigi, ay, none other please your worship in his day the poor rejoiced in plenty and the rich he did oppress taxes were not known the fathers of the church waxed fat upon his bounty travelers went and came with none to interfere and whosoever would might tarry in his halls in cordial welcome and eat his bread and drink his wine withal but woe is me some two and forty years agone the good count rode hence the fight for holy cross and many a year hath flown since word or token have we had of him men say his bones lie bleaching in the fields of palestine and now now god a mercy the cruel leonardo lords it in the castle he wrings taxes from the poor he robs all travelers that journey by his gates he spends his days in feuds and murders and his knights in revel and debauch. He roasts the father of the church upon his kitchen spits, and enjoyeth the same, calling it pastime. These thirty years, Luigi's Countess, hath not been seen by any in all this land, and many whisper that she pines in the dungeons of the castle, for that she will not wed with Leonardo, saying her dear Lord still liveth, and that she will die ere she prove false to him they whisper likewise that her daughter is a prisoner as well nay good jugglers seek ye refreshment otherwheres twere better that ye perished in a christian way than that ye plunged from off yon dizzy tower give ye good day god keep ye gentle knave farewell BUT HEEDLESS OF THE PEASANT'S WARNING, THE PLAYERS MOVED STRAIGHT AWAY TOWARDS THE CASTLE. WORD WAS BROUGHT TO COUNT LEONARDO THAT A COMPANY OF MONTEBANKS BESOUGHT HIS HOSPITALITY. TIS WELL, DISPOSE OF THEM IN THE CUSTOMARY MANNER. YET STAY, I HAVE NEED OF THEM, LET THEM COME HITHER, LATER CAST THEM FROM THE BATTLEMENTS. OR HOW MANY PRIESTS HAVE YE ON HAND? The day's results are meager, good my lord. An abbot and a dozen beggarly friars is all we have. Hell and furies is the estate going to seed. Send hither the mountebanks. Afterwards broil them with the priests. The robed and close-cowled harlequins entered. The grim Leonardo sat in state at the head of his council, ward. Ranged up and down the hall on either hand stood a hundred men at arms ha villains quoth the count what can ye do to earn the hospitality ye crave dread lord and mighty crowded audience have greeted our humble efforts with rapturous applause among our body count we have the versatile and talented ugolino the justly celebrated rodolfo the gifted and accomplished Rodrigo, the management have spared neither pains nor expense. Steth, what can ye do? Curb thy PRATTING tongue. Good, my lord, in acrobatic feats, in practice with the dumbbells, in balancing and ground, and lofty tumbling are we versed. And sith your highness asketh me, I venture here to publish that in the truly marvelous. An ENTERTAINING Zampolero STATION. Gag him, throttle him, body of Bacchus, am I a dog that I am to be assailed with polysyllable blasphemy like to this? But hold, Lucretia, Isabel, stand forth. sirrah! behold this dame, this weeping wench, the first I marry within the hour, the other shall dry her tears or feed the vultures." thou and thy vagabond shall crown the wedding with thy merry makings fetch hither the priest the dame sprang toward the chief player oh save me she cried save me from a fate worse than death behold these sad eyes these sunken cheeks this withered frame see thou the wreck this fiend hath made and let thy heart be moved with pity Look upon this damsel, note her wasted form, her halting step, her bloomless cheeks, where youth should blush in happiness, exult in smiles. Hear us and have compassion. This monster was my husband's brother. He who should have been our shield against all harm hath kept us shut within the noisome caverns of his dungeon-keep for, lo, these thirty years. And for what crime? NONE OTHER THAN I WOULD NOT belie MY TROTH, ROOT OUT MY STRONG LOVE FOR HIM WHO MARCHES WITH THE LEGIONS OF THE CROSS IN HOLY LAND, FOR, oh HE IS NOT DEAD, AND WED WITH HIM? SAVE US, O, oh, SAVE THY PERSECUTED SUPPLICANTS. SHE FLUNG HERSELF AT HIS FEET AND CLASPED HIS KNEES. HA, 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 SHOUTED THE BRUTAL LEONARDO, PRIEST TO THY WORK and he dragged the weeping dame from her refuge say once and for all will you be mine for by my halidome that breath that uttereth thy refusal shall be thy last on earth never then die and the sword leaped from its scabbard quicker than thought quicker than the lightning's flash fifty monkish habits disappeared and fifty knights in splendid armor stood revealed Fifty falchions gleamed in air above the men-at-arms, and brighter, fiercer than them all, flamed Excalibur aloft, and cleaving downward struck the brutal Leonardo's weapon from his grasp. A Luigi to the rescue, whoop! A Leonardo, Terenance, O oh God, O oh God, my husband, O oh God, O oh God, my wife, my father, my precious, tableau. Yeah, Count Luigi bound his usurping brother hand and foot. The practised knights from Palestine made holy-day sport of carving the awkward men-at-arms into chops and steaks. The victory was complete. Happiness reigned. The knights all married the daughter. Joy, Wassel, Finis. But what did they do with the wicked brother? Oh, nothing. Only hanged him on that iron hook I was speaking of, by the chin as how passed it up through his gills into his mouth him there a couple of years ah is he is he dead six hundred fifty years ago or such a matter splendid legend splendid lie drive on we reached the quaint old fortified city of bergamo renowned in history some three-quarters of an hour before the train was ready to start the place has thirty or forty thousand inhabitants and is remarkable for being the birthplace of Harlequin. when we discovered that that legend of our driver took to itself a new interest in our eyes rested and refreshed we took the rail happy and contented i shall not tarry to speak of the handsome lago de garde and stately castle that holds in its stony bosom The secrets of an age So remote that even the tradition Goeth not back to it. The imposing mountain scenery That ennobles the landscape thereabouts, Nor yet of ancient Padua Or haughty Veronia, Nor of their Montagues and Capulets, Their famous balconies And tombs of Juliet and Romeo et al. But hurry straight To the ancient city of the sea, the widowed bride of the adriatic it was a long long ride but toward evening as we sat silent and hardly conscious of where we were subdued into that meditative calm that comes so surely after a conversational storm someone shouted venice and sure enough afloat on the placid sea a league away lay a great city with its towers and domes and steeples, drowsing in a golden mist of sunset. End of chapter 21. Recording by B. Scott Holmes, com